And good evening from Charlotte. I'm James Brierton, and this is the Carolina Weather Group, a weekly podcast dedicated to weather, science, technology, and more from the Carolinas. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to hang out with Chief Meteorologist Tim Buckley and his fellow meteorologists at WFMY, the CBS affiliate in Greensboro, North Carolina, as we continue our new series, Quarantining at Home. But first, let's check out the tropics right now. There's a system uh, we are watching we want to bring to your attention. You can see it highlighted on the left-hand side of your screen there. Uh, this is an area of uh, developing thunderstorms at the National Hurricane Center is giving a 70% chance of development over the next five days. Conditions right now do seem conducive to seeing some gradual development of this system as we head towards the weekend. It is, as you can see, moving generally to the northeast, and we're going to watch for the possible development of the first tropical uh, storm or cyclone of, of the season, and if it were to eventually reach that depression or stronger stage, it would, in fact, take on the name Arthur, here right now on the screen, courtesy of Tim Buckley's Twitter account, are the 2020 hurricane names, which include Arthur, as I mentioned. Also, Nana, uh, if maybe you have kids who uh, call your grandma or your mom Nana, uh, their grandmother, that would be, of course. Uh, and also Dolly. Uh, some very interesting names uh, that we're looking forward to here in the uh, 2020 hurricane season, and we're going to watch to see if this cluster between Florida and Cuba will get its act together over the course of the next few days and uh, what exactly that would mean in the long run. Still have to wait to see if this thing even gets its act together in the first place, but you know we could be talking about some rough surf in places like Florida or Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina over the course of the next few days. So again, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. The next update from the National Hurricane Center is scheduled to come out tomorrow, Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Let's right now take a live look at the uh, conditions at UNC Greensboro in Greensboro, North Carolina, courtesy of WeatherStem. 61 degrees, mostly cloudy skies. Otherwise, a fairly pleasant evening here in the Carolinas. And I'm going to hand things off to uh, my co-host, Scotty Powell, to kick off Quarantining at Home with WFMY. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We are here with the WFMY weather team. We have on with us Tim Buckley, Christian Morgan, and Taran Kirksey, and we're going to be getting to know them over the next few minutes. Uh, this is a new segment that we uh, are rolling out and hope to do, but we're going to spend a little time just getting to know our local meteorologist, and uh, everyone has uh, been kind enough to donate some time. So we're just going to do um, a few quick hitting questions. These are just... Uh, you guys can elaborate if you want, or you can just give a, a quick answer. So our first one um, is Twitter or Facebook. Which do you prefer more, Twitter or Facebook? I'll start I, with Tim. Twitter, as long as it's not bad Twitter. But I like weather Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Christian? Definitely Twitter. Uh, Facebook has the uh, the ability to take something you posted three days ago and highlight it three days later, which makes the information very much out of date. Uh, so, and, and I feel like Twitter, if you can't say it in 140 characters, then you're saying too much. All right, here, here's one. I don't know if you guys have dabbled in this, these as much. TikTok or Snapchat? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm old. I can't have a TikTok. I don't even think that's allowed. So I do have a Snapchat, but it's not, it's not something I post weather stuff on. Yeah, I have Snapchat too, and I can't dance, so I'm not even going to adventure into the world of um, TikTok. 
because it will be horrible. And I'll just like I'll just let everybody else share the TikTok videos on Twitter, and then I'll watch them that way. <laughs> you don't you don't want to be uh, lip syncing. No, 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 no. <laughs> they both confuse me. I think I'm like you know I'm, I'm older. I have an older spirit, so usually I just put my phone down when I get home. I I don't want to know what's going on. I just I watch TV, and then when I wake up the next morning. People tell me what I missed, and I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> Keeping on the theme of technology and stuff, what about weather model websites? Uh, there's tons of them out there, and I know you guys may have some special software, so you don't have to go to all these websites that us normal people have to use. Uh, but do you have one? We have so much special software, and we pay all this money for all the great stuff. And I still love the Penn State e-wall the most. Oh, you're biased. Undecipherable. No one <laughs> understands what it is, but I do because I went there and that's just a, I, my comfort zone. It's like my, my chicken soup for my weather soul is looking at the page of garbled numbers, knowing what it means. So I do like, and it's the only one that has a, an easy to understand six panel chart for like the NAM and stuff. And I like a six panel chart. Okay. I've, okay. I've used that website for like 15 years and I'm still confused by it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is, it was the first website I used a lot though. Um, now I use Pivotal Weather a lot and um, occasionally I look at some other ones if it's uh, like hurricane season or something like that too. Yeah, right. the, the first time I met Tim, he was showing me this Penn State e-wall and I said, what is this thing that looks like it's from 1985 that I cannot understand? Uh, and I laughed at him for it, but he's like, oh, it's got all these charts and things on it. I was like, okay, I'm going to find a different website. And then I took my weather classes and stuff through Penn State and I was like, oh man, I really love the e-wall now. Uh, so I, it's fun to actually sit and work side by side with Tim because we actually understand the Penn State e-wall and, and, you know, and how great it actually is. But also like um, – you know, we do have, it's something you have to pay for, but Weatherbell uh, has some good yeah. maps on it. But I really like to use Pivotal Weather, especially when we look at severe weather parameters. Um, it, they have very easy to access on there. I can't say that we've really dabbled in the E-Wall, uh, but definitely agree with you on Weatherbell and uh, Pivotal. Um, I think I'd have to throw in Tropical Tidbits just because that's where I started. And so, so nice having those easy um, assignments. Keep on this topic. Um, do you think that weather data is too easily available uh, yes, but there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I, I have two opinions on this. Number one, I don't think it should be that easy. I don't think it should be easily available to people that aren't seeking it out. So what I mean is like, if you want to like really be able to look at a weather model, of course, I agree. That's a good thing to be able to do, but I don't like that. It gets out there to people that aren't wanting to see it. So it gets posted to Facebook and then my grandma gets it and says, Oh gosh, this is really bad. That's the bad part that we all know about. So in a perfect world, it's 1995 and only the weather folks have the weather models, but it's the, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I think you, <laughs> I, with it being so accessible. Yes. I mean, yes, it's, it's public knowledge it's out there so why can't you access it but at the same time you know you get a lot of these hype weather sites and you know people who think they're weather gurus and don't really understand it and they like to you know screenshot things and then post hype weather stories based on looking at one model you know people don't really take the time to actually dive into the models and try to find the consistencies in them and and a lot of people don't even know like the biases of the models and, and typically how they run so having it so accessible um is kind of doing you know, the weather folks a disservice. So we actually kind of have to 
kind of take a step back and say, what you're seeing is not really accurate, but here's what we're looking at. So we almost have to kind of be careful where we step to make sure we cover the bases of what people are really seeing on Facebook and Twitter and what they're, you know, sharing out at a mass rate. Yeah, because 90% of the time when something looks bad five or seven days out, it doesn't happen. So right. I know my forecast and philosophy is usually like, okay, that looks like 10 days out. Oh, it looks horrible, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> you know, we'll just kind of <laughs> pay attention to it. And then once we get in, the, you know, okay, it's four days out to five days out. If it looks really bad, okay, let me start kind of sprinkling this in. And then three days or less is, is when I'm, I'm, you know, more so like, okay, this is probably going to happen. But since it is out there and, you know, the way that the models are uh, visualized, some of the, the websites where it looks really, the, the, the color tables are really good, you know, but <laughs> you see something that looks terrible and then somebody will just like, uh, you know, Christian and, um, and Tim were saying, they'll see it and they'll put it out there and then it's just, it explodes and you have to do damage control the whole time. And then when it doesn't happen, people will say, well, well you guys didn't know what you were doing. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Karan has lobbied for us to change our seven-day forecast to a three-day forecast. Uh, all my oh. career, I've been like seven-day forecast. I just I don't like the, I don't like seven-day deterministic forecast because most of the time, the temperature seven days out is going to be at least five or eight degrees different, you know, than what I said a week before. But you know, that's that's just again my old man grumpiness. I've been complaining <laughs> about that for my entire career and it has not changed yeah. <laughs> anywhere i've worked so it's not gonna happen <laughs> i did a case i did a little personal case study not not long ago i was like okay i'm gonna take you know my forecast sheet and i'm gonna keep it and here's what i put for day seven and when i get mm -hmm. to day seven i want to see how much it's changed and i mean you, you know over those seven days <laughs> the conditions change the temperature changes it is mm -hmm. you know it's an ev it's an evolving thing especially once you get past you know three and four days yeah, I even tell kids when I do school talks, like, okay, days like five through seven, don't worry about those. You know, it's more of a, I, more of a like, I, a, here's what we're looking at down the road. This is kind of a suggestion of where things may go. Kind yeah, of down exactly. The road. Yep. And heavens forbid you put a snowflake in day five oh. or six and it doesn't happen. Like, oh, uh, never do that. That's that's a rule of thumb. Never do that. I could think it could be a blizzard. I'm not putting a snowflake on day seven. <laughs> Dig your own grave. Mm hmm. Kind of bringing it back around for the for your viewers here. What what was it that kind of jump started y'all to want to become weather weather people? Um, was there a defining moment, or was it something you kind of always knew you wanted to do? Most people have like one weather moment that they saw, or they lived through, or they experienced. For me, I don't really have one of those, but I did grow up. I did grow up in probably the snowiest part of the country that people live in, uh, which is upstate New York, right along Lake Ontario. We got like 200 inches of snow a year. Um, and so weather was just hugely controlling of your life for about four to five to six months every winter. So I always wanted to know what the weather was going to be. I always watched the weather channel and told my mom what they were saying, even if she didn't care. And uh, <laughs> that's just what I was interested in. And the TV thing just kind of followed suit. I didn't know that was exactly what I wanted, but um, that kind of just worked itself out. So that was my spark were snowflakes. And I hate snow, by the way. So it's just, <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna catch you for this from Tim and Taran. But I really like snow. Um, and, <laughs> and see, look, see, look, mm -mm. they've, mm -mm. they've unclaimed me. Um, so, <laughs> always you know that was my thing and my birthday is in january and there for a while there was a couple of years where it always snowed 
on my birthday or within a couple of days <laughs> of my birthday. Uh, so that kind of, I've always, you know, always was interested in weather and actually I never knew that's what I wanted to do as a career. Uh, I always wanted to do broadcasting radio or TV of, of some sort um, and work in radio for a while and then try to get my foot into TV and a couple of different avenues. And then the weather thing, like just kind of popped up. That's where I was able to kind of get my foot in the door and I knew I enjoyed it and kind of gotten the, my foot in the door and actually um, kudos to Tim for helping me and helping me, you know, and helping me learn a lot and teaching me and kind of really growing that passion for weather that I had and so much so that it sparked my interest to actually go back to school and get my meteorology um, certifications and stuff. And so here we are, it all kind of came full circle at, at one time. For me, I'm from uh, the deep South. Uh, I'm from Alabama originally. And so I grew up a bunch of tornado events, you know, and one time I saw one and that just kind of locked it in for me. Um, and so that just made me interested because, in, you know, when you're a little kid and you, you have tornado warnings, you get a little scared and, and that fear made me want to learn more about them. And, um, and so, yeah, so now, uh, you know, that led me to, to kind of, um, pursue meteorology as a career. Um, when I was in college, I was probably a little, I was somewhat interested in broadcast or probably more into research. Um, the broadcast thing just kind of happened and I've just been doing that uh, ever since, but I do want to say, I do not like snow. Snow is terrible. I hate tornadoes too, because tornadoes are bad as we, we've seen. Um, so I, I just like the, I think I like more so the challenge of forecasting um, as opposed to a certain weather uh, events, weather phenomena, phenomena. Yeah, that's a word. Yeah, I said it right. My, Phenomenal. My <laughs> short, uh, career so far that I've had, uh, I, you know, I've already learned that weather is a very humbling thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Forecasting weather is a very humbling thing because you have this period of time where you're on it. And you're like, man, I'm accurate. This is, you know, it's working out. And then poof, something falls in your lap and it's, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to come on back down to earth now. Uh, but, but yeah, so the challenge is fun. And also, you know, weather is, is one of those things, like, you know, you think about it now, we've got everything going on with the coronavirus, but weather doesn't stop. Like it's something that never changes and it's something that's always happening uh, no matter what's going on. And people are always, no matter what they're doing, whether they're staying at home uh, or whether this is a, a normal period in time where people are going to work and kind of coming and going as they please, weather affects everybody in some way, shape or form. Uh, and to be able to, you know, be one of the folks who's actually looking at that and helping you kind of plan your day, providing that service for you, I think is something that, that internally, you know, and in my mind, I really, really enjoy. I have a running joke with Taran, you know, I guess you've been here about three years or so, maybe mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And um, when he was on his interview, he's asking, you know, what's the weather really like in the Carolinas? And, you know, he's been in Oklahoma and Mississippi. And I say, you know what, man, we don't get that much severe weather. Every now and then we get a tornado. Every now and then we get some hurricanes, but they're mainly at the coast. We're in the Piedmont. Uh, and, you know, every once a year or so we get some snow and sometimes it's big, but it's not much. And then uh, weather just happened all the time. And we had lots of tornadoes. We had a Greensboro tornado. We had all these hurricanes that came right into the Piedmont, all this crazy snow. Um, so it's trans fault. So, it is. Is it following you, Tran? <laughs> Clearly, it must be. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone. So, so now I'm connecting the dots because first we blamed it on Grant Gilmore when he left. And so now it's actually Tim's fault because he said, we don't really get, and ever since then, all Hexburg. Jinxed us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Everything was quiet when Grant was here. When he left, it just went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Note to so self, just a, no claims about uh, North Carolina weather at all. <laughs> a quick follow-up there, Turan. The uh, the tornado that you saw, um, you, so you, you, you were younger and you had a clear kind of visible mm. of that. Um, mm. wh- what kind of happened in that experience? Um, there was a – there was, I remember the day, I was in uh, Huntsville, Alabama at the time, in North Alabama, and um, there was a tornado warning, and, you know, the meteorologist was, you know, saying, hey, you know, it's headed towards this part of Madison County, da 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 which is maybe about five or so miles north of where we are. Um, then the power kind of flickered or went out, and, of course, you know, we looked outside, <laughs> so we're <laughs> not supposed to do that, um, and we were looking north, and, you know, you could barely see it, you know, it was, you know, in the distance, but I could see it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's wow. That's, I mean, this is it. You know, I was scared, but I was also kind of mesmerized. I mean, my parents knew that it was, wasn't going to hit us. So they were okay with me, like looking outside, like, okay, it's up there. It's fine. But just uh, watching it was, it, it, it kind of, you know, just solidified my interest. Cause I've always been somewhat interested in weather, even when I was younger than that. Um, but there was a meteorologist in town that would do such a great job kind of teaching the meteorology. I know some people don't like that, but for me, I would always sit in front of the TV and watch the severe weather coverage, and I would learn so much about how to look at radar, what are you looking for, you know, these are different, you know, variables that, you know, you can look at using the radar. And again, this is in the 90s, and so there's been a huge explosion of different things now, but it made me more and more interested. And then, you know, obviously, you know, I reached out when I got in high school and he was gracious enough to let me um, like intern, well, yeah, intern from when I got in college, but to let me shadow him uh, when I was in high school. And, and it just kind of went from there. Give us a name. Come on. Who it was, was it? A, it was Dan Satterfield. Okay. I know that's Boy, a name. That, yeah. Some people had different opinions, but uh, yeah, he, he was awesome. And, and even to this day, you know, just so gracious, you know, if I ever have a question or anything, you know, or you know he he's he has always been one of those people that I could you know like hey you know I don't understand this I don't understand that and he's one of the big reasons I ended up going to Oklahoma <laughs> you know he started telling me oh yeah you know a lot of tornadoes out there you can learn like I'm like okay sure I'll try it so yeah hmm? well, that's great I think you're you're reading right off our question sheet on um, one of the next ones I was going to ask is do you guys have a weather role model so here Andrew's got your answer Tim Christian a weather role model. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't that active. I mean, it was hard. It, it seemed crazy back, you know, when I was growing up, which is not that long ago in the nineties. Um, it seemed crazy that you would actually be able to like reach out and talk to your meteorologist locally. <laughs> that is so accessible now with social media. Um, so I didn't really have any interaction with any of my local meteorologists, but um, uh, there's a guy by the name of Dave Icorn up in central New York who was on Syracuse television for a long time. And I would always watch him and Dave Longley and uh, Jim Teske, two of them were still there. And they just, they really geeked out about the weather. And I wouldn't say they got excited about the weather when it was bad, but they really did have like a professorial approach mm-hmm. and um, really explained it a lot. And I liked that. And I thought that was really interesting. And they would really tell you, you know, if this, if this lake effect band isn't here and it's there, there's a reason why we're not able to predict it that precisely. And, and so those were definitely the folks that inspired me, um, even though I didn't really interact with them much. The funny part about now being in the position that I am and having social media is we interact a lot on social media together now. I'm just <laughs> chatting about local weather and they know I'm from my little small town that they cover and all that stuff. So it's cool. That's neat. Yeah, for me, uh, so I actually grew up in this market. 
Um, so I was very in tune with all the weather folks in the market at the time. Um, and so there was one person that I won't name cause we're with, you know, a competing station right now, but I watched them all the time. Uh, and you know, and that's just kind of, I would always, you know, that would always be the thing. And when they were calling for snow, you know, that's what I wanted to know about. That's who I wanted to, to see. And I wanted to learn, you know, why it was happening and also more so to know how much we were going to get. Um, but at that point, you know, Tim, like Tim said, you know, I never really thought that, um, you know, when I was in middle school, that you could actually reach out to those folks and, and actually, you know, have a conversation with them. Um, and, you know, some folks, you know, that I've learned over the years, some folks are more gracious of, of giving their time than others are. Um, but I will say, you know, and again, Taran and Tim can probably speak to this because they've been in it longer than I have, of course, but maybe the way that social media and had, you know, has kind of groomed us over the last, you know, in this age that we're in, I think that the, connectivity, you know, being able, you know, whether you're competing stations or not, but kind of the network uh, of meteorologists and kind of being, being able to toss ideas back and forth and discuss those things. There's a whole, there's a more of an open line of communication, I think, than there used to be, um, which is definitely a good thing for not only the folks who are in it now, but the people who are aspiring to be meteorologists as well. We're here right now. That's a, a testament to having access, with more access to your local meteorologists um, than perhaps there was back in the, like, the 90s, like you said, Tim. Everything has changed so much. I didn't even know what a computer model was or that they existed until I got to college. Like I didn't know any of that really. And, and I don't know that I was unique in that either. Um, once you got to school, you're like, oh, there are these tools that I didn't know that existed. Um, here's how we use them. And then I kind of, you know, learned it very quickly. But before that, I mean, the, the, the amount of information that 12 year olds know now that are weather enthusiasts is about the same as like what I had, like as a sophomore in college. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. It really oh, is. Oh, yeah. Same for me. I mean, the, the first time I saw a forecast model is when I shadowed that time, they had the, the DIFAX maps or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, this is printing out. This is oh, so this is how you all figure out the forecast weather. Okay, cool. Before that, I had no idea. I actually have some of those uh, dive facts. Eric Thomas, I went to visit Eric Thomas in Charlotte and I have them somewhere in the basement. I need to pull them out <laughs> see if I can find them. But uh, I have a question that's going to kind of tie three or four questions that we have together. Uh, it's kind of the future of meteorology, working from home in the role of social media, which we all three are experiencing right now in the COVID-19 pandemic um, so what are your thoughts on, on the future? Do you see working at home maybe more of a, a thing to come and doing a lot more via social media? I think that, I mean, obviously uh, kind of hate the reasons why, you know, we've gotten to this point well, you know, where a lot of people are working from home, you know, hate that there's, you know, the virus is, is kind of causing all this disruption. But with that said, you know, a lot of friends I've been talking to over the past, well, somewhat talking to, I'm kind of introverted. Occasionally I'll ask them a question. You know, I, I got to have one conversation a week with friends. Uh, <laughs> but basically we were talking about, hey, you know, it's 2020. The, the idea of going into an office every day um, in many industries is antiquated. You know, if you're in sales or something like that, why do you have to go into an office building when you can just make your calls from home or you can go, and, you know, drive to your different sales spots from home and, and, you know, work out of your home office and maybe go to the office once a week. Um, I think a lot of employers are seeing that their employees can be just as productive or even more productive um, at home, depending on, 
how they work or, you know, what works best for different people. I know everybody's different though. So for extroverts, it's probably important that they, you know, go into the office regularly to get that social interaction for introverts. They might work better in, in solitude. So I think that as, as meteorologists, when you look at it, most weather days are fairly benign, fairly quiet. And I feel like on those days, working from home is, should be more of an option for all meteorologists. Um, but you also have days where there's the threat of severe weather where that's not probably the best uh, method. Um, that's just kind of my two cents on that. I don't know what you think, Tim. I mean, I definitely do miss being able to interact <laughs> with folks at the station. Um, however, typically meteorologists aren't interacting with one another personally face-to-face because we're on different shifts. So it doesn't change that much between us working together. Christian and I do have a lot of overlap at the station just because uh, of our schedules. But aside from that, um, the main difference is, is just being able to show um, show things in, in front of a, a wall and explain things by pointing them out and, and, you know, maybe some interaction with other anchors and stuff like that. I don't think that, um, I'm, I'm surprised at how much we're, we've been able to do at home. And I do think that this might continue, you know, to be an option in the future on quiet days. Um, I, I don't see why not. So we'll see what happens. It's new for everybody. Um, so what we did learn this past week, though, and, and <clears throat> whenever this is aired, you know, we had a tornado situation back on, on this past Monday. That is something that very much needs to be at, at the station. Mm-hmm. And just the reason for that is, you know, we don't have backup power at home. Mm-hmm. building does, and we can explain it. And I think there's a comfort to folks at home uh, who are able to actually see us at work on top of it. We got it covered. Don't worry. Agreed. Yeah, I'll um real quick I'll echo off what Tim said about our severe weather event this past you know this past Monday. And I was actually working from home and Tim and Taran were in the studio, of course, very much separated um because of social distancing guidelines right now. But the other thing, and I know that this is um again, the quality that we're able to put out, even working from home, video quality, audio quality, is pretty pretty mesmerizing, uh honestly, because we never thought that we'd be at this point. But the other thing, you know, there's also still a lot of downfalls with it. Um, and one of those being the fact that when you remote into um, whatever weather, whatever weather software you have, there's going to be some sort of latency at, you know, at whatever rate, um, which does, you know, I, and I noticed this working from home on Monday, when you have that, it does make storm tracking, especially in like a severe weather event, it makes it, it makes it more difficult because, you know, you're trying to move you know, you're trying to move the map around and because of the latency you may have in some, like if you're remoting into a computer, well, you might've moved past it too much. And then you got to kind of scoot it back a little bit. There's just so many extra, extra steps and even extra seconds uh, can be crucial in a severe weather event. Um, but taking an overall approach to it, um, working from home is interesting. Uh, I've always been one of those folks who, all right, I have to get up and get ready and then go out the door to kind of get my, you know, to kind of get my mind in the right place to do work. Um, so working from home has been a challenge for me uh, to kind of get into that groove. It's not so much a challenge anymore just because we've been doing it now, you know, for a month at least. Um, but having that interaction with folks in the, in the building, even though, you know, here's the weather center over here and here's the news people over here and we come together at the, at the newscast, um, just kind of having that interaction and the lines of communication are, of course, a whole lot better, you know, 
Tim and Taran, and if you've been in a newsroom, like, you know this, like, you can just, you know, you scoot the chair back and you yell something across the room or say something across the room. Now, working from home, okay, you got to send this email or did I check this on the world chat or did I send somebody a text message? So the communication line um, kind of is something you have to kind of double check yourself on. But I think there's something about, you know, if the weather's nice, of course, we can forecast from anywhere. Yes, we have some tools at, at the station, but we can do a forecast from anywhere as long as we have internet. You know, we can even look up stuff on our phone, you know, if we need to do that. But working from home and putting the forecast together, you know, is easy. But I think when things return, you know, return to more to normal, if we are seeing more work from home situations, I think just being in the station, being in the studio, at least for the shows, um, has a value to it that, that you can't replace. No, absolutely. It's amazing all of the, uh, just how much we've seen uh, this working from home thing develop over the last two months. Um, who would have thought that every single meteorologist, just about every single meteorologist in the nation would be broadcasting from their office uh, with their, their cat um, <laughs> in uh, April. So it's just unreal. More of our conversation when the Carolina Weather Group returns after this short break. Thanks for staying with us. We'll pick up our conversation now on this week's episode of the Carolina Weather Group. So we only have a few minutes left, y'all. So we're each going to ask you one kind of silly, lighthearted, fun question. Um, so I guess Tim, I'll start off with you and we'll go around. What is your favorite non-weather hobby? Favorite non-weather hobby? Um, getting outside and hiking and taking pictures. That's, that's it. Great choice. And I know it's supposed to be fast, but I got this hobby, I think, by a product of working weather. And the reason is, is when I moved to Greensboro, I was working weekends. My days off were Wednesday and Thursday. No one in the world, let alone in our building, has days off on Wednesday, Thursday. So I had nothing to do. So I got in my car and I would drive to pretty places uh, like Hanging Rock or the Blue Ridge Parkway or something like that. I would drive a long way and get to know the area. And then I got to know hiking and at the time I was just taking pictures on my iPhone and then I kind of, you know, started getting a better camera. I don't take as good pictures as Dan, but uh, I try. He's my inspiration for good photos as well. So that's my hobby. Christian, Turan? Music for me. I, uh, I'm a drummer in a 10 piece party and dance band <laughs> that, oh, plays, wow. that plays across the Southeast quite a bit. So music is my outlet. And then, and then I love being outdoors. So even though I'm not that great at it, I love going golfing. Like, you know, like, and that's a nice thing from working from home. Like even on these days, you know, if I don't go in until the afternoon, the days working from home, I can just, you know, walk out and go to the golf course and walk a couple holes and kind of get my fresh air for the day. And so, yeah, I, so, but music is, is my main hobby. Golf would be the second one. Oh, uh, I like to uh, spend time outside as well. Just kind of sitting outside is always nice. And um, I like the barbecue, which is a verb and a noun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a verb and a noun. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, it's read the dictionary, it's a verb and a noun. Um, sorry, it's a, yeah, anyway. Um, that's true. But thing. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's, it's a verb and a noun in Alabama, and it's a verb and a noun in North Carolina, too. As a Do people up north not think that it's a verb? Well, the they, they, there's... <laughs> They There's use it people. much differently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All together. Oh, I, can, I can run off the clock on this if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. The actual thing that you cook with the barbecue instead of the grill. So mm. this is the whole, and the cookout up north is called a barbecue as well. Yes. I'm telling you, that's the way it's up there. <laughs> yeah, once all this uh, social distancing stuff clears up, I'm waiting for some Taran ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Every Saturday. 
Every Saturday, I play Toast of Terrain cooking. I've had extra time on my hands. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our next lightning tomorrow. round will be in person. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Taran, I gotta ask you, vinegar mm-hmm. or tomato-based sauce? Well, I mean, that's the big debate uh, here in North Carolina. Man, she about to give me in trouble, man. <laughs> All right, so again, I'm from well, from Alabama, but I spent most of my life in North Alabama. So Memphis-style barbecue is the what I'm used to. Um, and then when I lived in Oklahoma, Texas-style barbecue was kind of you know one of my big things too. I like a more uh, tomato-based barbecue (laughs) sauce. Like, you have to put, for me, I do put, like, you know, apple cider vinegar as I'm cooking it, but I don't just, like, douse it in it. Like, I just want a little bit of a tang and then more sweetness. That's just what I prefer. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. We'll give that to you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, on that. I'm with Taran on that. Even though I'm from North Carolina, I don't want to eat barbecue and have my throat burn. <laughs> you know, a good mix, a good middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Christian, we, I, we I, I didn't. Because we need the viewers to still like us after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> disparaging barbecue or whatever. And these are the fun questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christian, I didn't know you golf, so next time we'll I'm in the air. We'll have to go hit the uh, we'll have to go hit the course. We'll um, do it, absolutely. All right, so one last, I guess, question before we wrap. Do you have a favorite weather or disaster themed movie? And if you all three say Twister, um Yahtzee. <laughs> yeah, that was that was what I was gonna say. <laughs> it it it's so bad, but it was so entertaining. And growing up, I was like, Oh man, this is there this is awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, there was a volcano movie too that was really bad. What was the name of it? It was volcano? a volcano. Dante's Peak. <laughs> yeah, in the Dante. Dante's yeah, there were two Peak. of them. There's Dante's Peak, and then the volcano was like in L.A. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're all really bad. Yeah. The worst, the worst one is the day after tomorrow. Oh gosh. <laughs> Are you Please. telling me that's not accurate? <laughs> <laughs> It is horrific. And I was in New York last, I guess in January, and I went to the New York Public Library, which is a great free place to go. You should go sometime and check it out. It's beautiful. I took a picture in there and said, oh, it's a great place to visit. And everybody posted, this is where they film day after tomorrow. Jake Tunnel is all over these places. I was like, oh, no, I'm living this horrible movie. Oh, well, guys, we I have one question. I know uh, you're talking about places to visit. Uh, we want to give a little love to the triad area. So what's your favorite place to visit? If uh, you have visitors coming to the Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem area, where is your favorite place to go visit? What would you, uh, where would you recommend to people? Could I, uh, I guess, uh, vote for Hanging Rock or is that too far away? I really no, like that's the, great. No, that's I great. Really like, I really like the parks. Um, Hanging Rock is amazing. I, and I love just hiking up and stuff. And that, that's been, that's probably one of the cooler, um, I guess, uh, public parks I've been to in the state. Hmm. Pilot Mountain's a great hike too. That's um, hmm. in the triad. And it's probably, you know, if we're talking triad specific, that's probably my favorite. But, you know, if somebody's visiting the triad, uh, you know, couple you know it's a quick shot up to up to the mountains in the blue ridge parkway too so mm-hmm. we have a lot we have a lot in our backyard that's the nice thing about being in the triad we got a lot of great places here but also you know a quick drive in a car and you can take a quick day trip whether beach mountains whatever it is all those places are great i will be the i will be like the ambassador if you guys have any questions about where to eat where to drink where to go you know 
outside. There are so many good parks here, seriously. And just having lived in multiple states and multiple places, most places don't have as many parks as we do and as many good parks as we do. And I really appreciate the dedication to saving outdoor spaces. City of Greensboro, every lake, there's a trail around it at all points. That's crazy. And, and there's really great opportunity to get outside and we don't have traffic and we have good food. <laughs> Stuff, so come on down whenever you're allowed to and we'll give you a good recommendation i'm sold tim <laughs> Dan likes it here okay good <laughs> we uh we certainly appreciate your time today uh we talked about social media so i'd feel bad if i didn't say hey give your guys a plug how can they follow uh you guys on social media Sure. Uh, Twitter or Facebook. Um, of course, you know, mine is Tim Buckley WX. Uh, just search Tim Buckley Meteorologist on, on Facebook. You can find me there. Um, Instagram too, but I don't post much weather there. And mine is just uh, TK Weather, like weather spelled out. So TK and then weather spelled out on, you know, the internet. So I'm, I'm on there. <laughs> On the Google machine, just Google it. <laughs> just Google it. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for me too. Um, C Morgan WX on Twitter, and then you can just search Christian Morgan WFMY on Facebook, and then C Morgan WX on Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you guys for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll do another one of these soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, y'all.